In this episode of Let's Just Talk About It, we speak with researcher and medical professional Liana. Liana talks to us specifically about pregnancy loss, the various kinds, and she also shares statistics and perspectives around the subject here in the UK. She shares with us coping mechanisms that can help us deal with miscarriage as an individual and as a society. Hello, Liana. Hi. How are you today? I'm not too bad. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm really pleased that you could join us. So thank you. No, thanks for having me here. Could you tell us and the audience a bit about yourself and what you do? Okay. Yeah, sure. So I have been a qualified nurse since 2007 and I specialized in early pregnancy and acute gynecology in 2010. So I've worked in that area for seven years, 10 in total, and now I split my time between research and nursing as well. So we're trying to research more about early pregnancy. Oh, that's amazing. We're so lucky to have you. Now, uh, pregnancy <laughs> is one word, but it includes and goes across a vast spectrum of things. Could you tell us a bit about what early pregnancy complications look like and are? There yeah. are quite a few. Aren't yeah, there yeah. are. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, the first one that we're looking at in our early pregnancy unit, the main thing that we do get is miscarriage. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, but there are lots of types of pregnancy loss, not just miscarriage. So you have ectopic pregnancies, molar pregnancies. These pregnancies will be a pregnancy loss because they can't continue, but they sometimes they're not classed as miscarriage, and miscarriage is a known pregnancy loss. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very difficult to say for women who have a miscarriage because they can openly say, I've had a miscarriage, I've had this loss, whereas early ectopic pregnancies is a whole different loss. Sometimes you have to go on and have surgery and remove the tube, so then they also lose a body part as well mm. and implications for conceiving again and things like that. So it is a very sensitive subject that yes. um, women cope with. And most women, they get pregnant and they think, okay, well, I'm pregnant, well, let's let's go forth. And they we're not educated young to know that actually not all pregnancies do go forth and sometimes unfortunately there can be complications yeah and while i understand that the nature of these problems is so sensitive a lot of people don't want to know on emotionally ready to know when they're trying for a baby it's quite important isn't it for us as women yeah to be educated about these complications i think so and i think what you're doing here with the podcast is fantastic because a lot of women that we see unfortunately when they do have a miscarriage they're, they're just so confused they've just never heard of it they, they can't believe that it's happened mm. and you know it would never happen to anyone that they know and then they go home and they come back and they're like oh well I spoke to my best friend and they've had one and my cousin and my sister and you know I didn't even know and it's hidden and I don't think that hiding it is helpful because yeah. women need support and people do deal with it differently but there's this whole taboo around miscarriage. You know, you don't tell anyone until your 12-week scan. Mm. You know, that was originally there because what if something happened? If something happened, you didn't have to tell anyone. Mm. Well, why don't you want to tell anyone? It's not nothing to be ashamed of. It's something that happens and it's a very, very big life event. And, you know, a lot of women need help. Most women need help and there is help out there. 
You touched upon some very important aspects there. One being that we're as a society talking about every form of cancer and variation of it yeah. and AIDS and HIV and every disease out there. But when it comes to just very possible complications that can happen with something as natural as pregnancy, we yeah. lag far behind. We do. We do. I think, I mean, sometimes I guess ignorance is bliss mm. because it's it's something that you don't have to worry about on top of everything else. But I don't think for the recovery of women ignorance is bliss yes that's true and i'm uh, hoping this and when people listen to you you know they're able to learn more about uh, pregnancy and how big a subject a vast a subject it is yeah. really i have looked at some of the research and it's just one four women have miscarriages after a certain age that's correct do you have any comments around that obviously that doesn't take away the pain no, indeed. And most healthcare professionals, I think, when they're discussing it with patients, they do tell the patients, you know, it does happen to one in four pregnancies because we're trying to show them that it is common and that's most of the knowledge we have because we don't know really what causes miscarriages and that can be one of the hardest things for patients, mm. not knowing why, why this has happened to me. So that leads them emotionally to go on and kind of fit, put blame on themselves and you know did I do this did I do that you know as I said before nothing you can do can cause this to happen and nothing you can do can stop this from happening people want to come in and be given medication there's no medication that we can give you know we've researched into whether progesterone helps prevent miscarriage in early pregnancy bleeding we haven't got those results yet Mm. But we don't know, you know, we're always researching, always trying to find things out, trying to help everyone, not just women, because their partners suffer too. Yeah. So, you know, but there's just not enough evidence and research and answers, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think that involving the couple often allows two people to search for answers rather than one person, and I think that always helps. Yeah, absolutely, and there is help out there as mm. well. The Miscarriage Association are wonderful. They've, we actually use their um, leaflets in our practice, and there is a wonderful leaflet called Men in Miscarriage on there as well. So there is some support for the gentlemen involved. But, you know, you've also got same-sex partners that yeah. have miscarriages as well. Everyone feels different. Everyone copes different. And mm. it's about finding that individualist care and what works for them. Well, that's really good to know, isn't it? I'm sure there are people in the audience that didn't know there was help available for partners. So thank you for bringing that up. I think the whole topic around miscarriage and complications with pregnancy are hidden away because when we consider being in a relationship with a man or a woman, there are so many emotional issues we're always considering. Am I going to get on? with this person do we have enough money sort of oh one day we'll have a baby but that's kind of like the happy ending that everyone expects exactly yeah <laughs> just <laughs> rushing into it so unprepared and totally ignorant of what's going to happen yeah and I just don't know what to do as a society I mean the podcast I'm hoping will help lots of people um 
maybe education when people are younger to find out about fertility because there are also other things in gynecology that affect fertility some people are born with two uteruses you know some people um, go into early menopause and things like that but in school it is literally just the basics yeah and that doesn't help her understanding of actually conceiving and um, then going on from there you know telling teenagers if you have sex you'll get pregnant that is true but to some extent maybe we need to talk a bit further about that yeah Yeah. and I think as a society we've become more management oriented haven't we because we'll do everything around not getting people pregnant we'll find wires they can put in and tablets they can take and all sorts of things which is Fantastic. Which is great. Um, yes, it but, is. But we won't put in that much effort into, at least not until now, we haven't, into educating them about the kind of pregnancy you can have. Yes. The type of pregnancy. Exactly. And that you can influence it up to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but not beyond that. Yes. So I think that's a very good point you make there. To any woman that is listening in who has been through or is going through a miscarriage, could you tell us about what available measures exist in terms of the medical side? In, so in, how we manage the yeah. miscarriage. So there are three particular types. You have expectant management, medical management and surgical management. Um, expectant management, people like to say it's a natural way where you know, we don't intervene medically mm. and we allow the body to expel the pregnancy. The medical management is the same option, but we give you tablets so that you know roughly when it's going to happen because with the expectant management, unfortunately, you don't know when it's going to happen. We scan you in three weeks' time. It can happen any time between mm. now and then, and then it may not happen at all. Mm. So, you know, our women are always told, if nothing happens or if you change your mind, just come back and we can yeah. work something out for you. The medical management is tablet so that we know, and then we scan you in three weeks' time. And then the surgical management, there's two options, one where you're awake and one where you're asleep. Mm. All of these managements, there's so many different options available because you need to choose what's right for you. You and your partner are the people that are going to go through this. And it's about what you can cope with. Do you want to go through the pain and bleeding? Are you okay with that? Mm. You know, Some people, they don't want to see that. They don't want to experience that. Whereas others do not want to have surgery at any cost. Mm. You know, it's very individual. But it also stems on the hospital and how far along gestation-wise the pregnancy is as well. So those options are sometimes available depending. I think it's so important to highlight that every case is different, Mm -hmm. every human being is different, and every couple is different. Exactly. So So it really is about going home, really thinking about what you want to do, Mm. you know, the risks and benefits to each and every one and then deciding okay this is right for us we're going to do this and then if it's not or if it doesn't work or whatever you know it's about being able to change your mind and adapt to the situation if needs be and one of the things you touched upon I'd like to expand on so I'd love to talk about ectopic pregnancies and the other complications but I think we're going to focus on miscarriage yeah absolutely so for anyone who has to consider a miscarriage and hasn't quite had it yet Mm -hmm. do you think 
there are a couple of things they could focus on mentally that could help them, for instance, give them hope that this is just one step in their journey and that there is a journey yeah. and they can look forward to it. What you're asking is for someone who's gone through a miscarriage. No, for someone who's listening, who's just learned that they're going to have a miscarriage. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's very important to know that there's no blame. Yeah. It's not your fault. It's not your partner's fault. You know, um, it's not anything to do with that. That Maybe that one glass of wine that you had, that's not going to have caused this. And mm. to not blame yourself. Mm. Um, it is something that is common. And I know that doesn't always help people because having something that is common doesn't make it feel any better. But with the Miscarriage Association, there are statistics. So the percentage of risk after a miscarriage, if you've had one, the chance of having another is 20%. So 80% you're likely to go on and have another viable that's, that's pregnancy. A, that's a big chance. That is. Yeah. And even if you have a second miscarriage, mm. your risk of having another miscarriage is 28 So still 72% likely to go on and have another viable mm. pregnancy so the risk of miscarriage is still there but you know the percentage is higher to have a viable pregnancy yeah. have a pregnancy and some early pregnancy services also offer reassurance scans in your future pregnancies so i have met um, patients that are worried to get pregnant again mm. um, because they have to wait to that 12 week scan and um, if you have we offer if you have two or more miscarriages we offer reassurance scans at six eight and ten weeks mm. and that can be quite comforting to patients to know that there is that support there they're not just going to be alone for the first trimester mm. which is the most scariest mm. if you have suffered from a miscarriage so just, again, it strikes me as there's a lot of help mm -hmm. available. There's a good amount of facilities available. There's a lot of information available. Mm -hmm. It's just about mentally understanding that this can happen yeah, and that it's common and that if it happens, it's okay. Yeah, and that's the other thing. If, if you've experienced a loss, this is grief. There's seven stages of grief yeah. and you will be feeling a lot of different ways. Yeah. And it's okay to not be okay sometimes. Times. Mm. and you've got the miscarriage association they do groups every thursday and i have actually attended one and it's wonderful mm. people are just there to support each other some people come alone some people come as couples some people want to tell their story others just want to listen and yeah. just to be around others that get it also i would say counseling goes a long long way mm. because this is a major life event you have mm. lost something that you you know you really want and if you are to think about your next pregnancy in your next pregnancy you're probably going to be very anxious yeah because you've already been through this mm. you know you've got to one particular stage and then something's happened and you know so counseling we have um a specialist counseling service that we give a leaf we oh, give okay. their leaflet out okay um, it's called city counseling i believe and they specialize in pregnancy loss Right. So it's very important to find the right counsellor as well. And they should be able to help and guide you through it and to know that what you're feeling is normal and everyone deals with it differently. Yeah. If your neighbour wasn't as upset as you, it doesn't mean that's... that's that you're not allowed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're allowed to feel how you want to feel. Mm. And so. it's all individual. That sounds like city counselling again for yeah. anyone who's listening. Invaluable resource, really. And the thing is that when it comes to miscarriage, I think because it's hidden away, like anything in life, when 
you hide things away, they bother you more. Yeah. So that's why it's just important to talk about it. Just talk about it. It's a very natural thing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we think about things differently, isn't it, when it's okay to talk about things. Yeah, absolutely. But then again, there are patients that don't want to open it up. They like to keep things private and, you know, they prefer to keep it between themselves and their partner and that's fine. Yeah. But... Do you know what? I think opening up, talking about it, if a lot of people hide it from work as well, you need support. Going mm. back to work, getting thrown in at the deep end again at work after going such a trauma, I don't think it's a loss. If you had lost a family member, work would be a bit more supportive. This is just as intense, if not more. Mm. You know, you don't know the situation and how people have been trying to get pregnant. You know, have they been through IVF? Have they been trying for years? Mm. You know, you just don't know. And do you know what? Even if they had conceived by accident, it doesn't make the loss any less. Any less, yeah. Nothing makes the loss less, does it? Actually, for me personally, when I spoke about it, uh, the reason it became better for me is because someone very close to me had had nine miscarriages. You know, uh, when I met this individual, she had a six-month-old baby with her. And it's, it's just her strength and her resilience and yeah. to just keep going for it. You know, it was almost, it was a spiritual journey for her, really. I mean, our pain, especially as women, is a spiritual calling. It can really bring you closer to yourself, closer to love and life. And so it's it's really, from a spiritual perspective, an opportunity to get more intimate with yourself. Yeah, and I think women are exceptional. They are super strong and they will support each other Mm. as much as possible. And that's why women need to stand together to help each other and also help the men as well that are suffering too. Because the men try to be strong for the women as well. And sometimes they need a little bit of help as well. Yeah. In my experience, my husband, uh, you know, when the nurse finally told us, I'm sorry, it's a failed pregnancy, he just straight away said, oh, it's okay, we're going to try again. And I, <laughs> it was just a reaction from him, yeah. as a, not particularly as a man, but that was the partner I was blessed with. It didn't take away the pain, mm-hmm. but it helped that my partner could think that way. Yeah. And I think if one person can be strong yeah. in the situation, if you don't have a partner, a healthcare professional, mm-hmm. a counselor, as you said... Yeah. Yeah. As long as there's someone around you who can be positive or, and you be that person maybe for your own self, yeah. things can move on. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, you know, people deal with it in different ways. And as you said, your partner kind of was like, oh, that's okay, we'll try again. <laughs> like it, for some, it, that could be hard to hear. But, you know, what works for one person doesn't work for another but it, yeah. you know it doesn't matter but I think you're right on the positive you know motivational and you're being strong for each other I think that works and that goes a really really long it way does. so it sounds like you're quite you and your husband are pretty strong well, yeah I mean <laughs> I think I think it just has to do with his culture they're very laid back and yeah. problems come and go but they keep carrying on yeah from my perspective I write a lot on spirituality so it kind of blended in but I know a lot of women who wouldn't be happy with that answer No, I know, I know. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, You know your partner and you know what he was doing and how he was coping, so... Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to ask you is just from a physical and medical perspective, you are very fertile after miscarriage, aren't you? So... 
I don't have the research okay. to back that up here today. Right. But I have seen women come in not long after a miscarriage pregnant again. Yeah. And I've seen that lots. So, yeah, you can be quite fertile after a miscarriage. Okay. But I can't say this person said that and this study's been yes. done. And yes. I'm very research-based. So if I was to say... <laughs> we won't hold you to it. Exactly. Not to worry. Was there some information you wanted to share about a self-referral? service was there something yes the city councilling do take um, self-referrals and there is a number that you can call which is 0207 638 5440 so this is in the London area right um, but I'm sure if you were to research on Google's fantastic I'm sure in your local area you'll be able to find some pregnancy loss specialists okay great well listen this is just you know opened up my eyes about how vast this topic is and that there's much work to be done mostly in terms of just talking about it yeah and educating people absolutely and uh, i think we've uh, made uh, good strides on that aspect today now i uh, wanted to just ask you if there was anything that you know we haven't spoken of that you would like to mention to women or couples i remember when i went through my miscarriage i took four days off i went to the countryside and i was by the sea and that really helped me yeah and taking that time off wasn't easy mm-hmm. i had to really negotiate hard for that time off and just for people you know in busy cities busy lives would there be anything that you would leave us with well actually there is research that suggests that being by the sea or being in woodland is actually very calming so uh-huh. i'm not surprised that that's where you went to take some time off okay. but um i agree work can wait you know this is a big big thing that you need to cope with whether it's yourself on your own or with your partner you need to take time to go through the grief go through the seven stages of grief and come out the other side looking positive and if you want to try for another pregnancy you can try if you're not ready that's okay you know do what you need to do um when it comes to choosing your management of your miscarriage Mm. go home and really read it and understand it and make an informed choice on what you want to do and what is best and works for both of you and your busy lifestyle especially in big cities and also just remember that miscarriage you know it doesn't discriminate it happens and there's nothing you can do and please don't blame yourself well thank you so much you're very welcome thanks for having me no thank you thank you (laughs) 